The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. everyone and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, if you talk to anyone with a mortgage these, these days, the conversation will very quickly turn to interest rates. And of course, that's because rates are rising much faster than many out there had expected. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately for the companies in it, it does mean that the $2.5 billion debt collection sector is going to get busy. Well, I'm joined now by Andrew Smith, the CEO of ASX Listed Credit Clear. The ASX code for that company is CCR. Andrew, welcome. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you for allowing me onto your show. Really appreciate it. Now, Andrew, tell us a little bit about you, how you got to where you are today as the CEO of an ASX listed company and not a small one either. Yeah, look, uh, I'd love to say it was highly strategic and something I set out at university to do. But uh, like most of us in this sector, we all end up falling into it somehow. And it was just so happened it was you know a failed football career and a, and a and a recruiter that sent me out to meet with Dun and Bradstreet for my first interview following university and a trip to the UK. So that's what started me on the journey into sort of the you know credit and collection space. And uh, you know it's been a, a wonderful ride, and I've met some incredible people along the way. And to find myself as the CEO of a listed company in the sector is is, is certainly something I'm very proud of. Now it's come about through a takeover of Armour Group. T- t- tell us a little bit about that. Uh, myself and and my business partner. Shane Ashton effectively founded Armour seven and a half years ago following uh, when we left Dun & Bradstreet. And we went to the market to provide, I think, a slightly different service to a lot of the other traditional collection agencies who had a reputation of, you know, threaten, harass and intimidate people to pay their bills rather than we took an approach which was more around empathy and respectful collections, allowing those who couldn't pay their bills to speak with us and have an understanding approach and that and that allowed Armour Group to grow very quickly. It resonated a lot with our clients and our clients' customers. And we had a very successful, fast-growing, you know, traditional but modern collection agency that uh, um, naturally took notice by, you know, lots of different private equity firms and, and large collections businesses that we, we'd, we'd sort of fought off quite heavily and we didn't, we didn't want anything to do with. And it was only when Credit Clear knocked on our door and they, they brought something very, very different to what, you know, a large collection agency would, which is some technology that we wished we could have developed ourselves. And um, the combination of the two businesses was very, very attractive for us. So therefore, we started a, a, a you know, a, um, a process which culminated in a, in, a, in a joining of the two businesses. So it was a, you know, certainly exciting period and, and one that having come out of it, having a, a very good digital collection solution through Credit Clear supported by, you know, a more traditional bums on seats um, call center offering where for those customers that want to speak to someone on the phone is is getting very well received in the market at the moment. So Andrew, you don't work on a PDL model. Tell us how the business actually runs. Yeah, look, I think um, from a, a, a core value point of view, um, we made the decision when we started Armour um, that we weren't going to buy debt because collecting money on for yourself is is a slightly different um, philosophy than collecting, helping other people collect money to, to run their businesses. So that aligned it very similarly to Credit Clear who, who clearly didn't want to own debt and collect it for themselves as well. So how that works typically is that we um, charge a commission um, on successful collection, or we charge a fee for service to provide a certain set of activities, you know, letters, phone calls, emails, SMSs to collect a debt, or in some instances, we'll provide license um, 
license fees to provide a first party collection service um, through a digital solution as well. So, um, you know, what we typically try to do is um, align our um, charges to a reward for performance. And um, we only get rewarded when we collect the money for our clients um, or we solve issues for our clients, whether it be, you know, an overflow issue around customer service or financial hardship management. So, you know, that's typically how we operate. Mm, okay. Now, how has COVID impacted that, impacting the business? Because, of course, there's been some significant changes, not just once, of course, to lending criteria. COVID. Yeah, look, I, I think at the beginning of COVID, everything I thought would happen, the almost the opposite happened. Um, uh, people seem to have much higher disposable income. Uh, many of our clients um, had less requirements for outsourced accounts receivable or, or debt recovery. Um, lots of individuals who weren't traveling, they were living at home, they might be getting a job stimulus. So there was actually a, a really improvement in the capacity for individuals to be able to pay down their older debts or in, in fact, pay down their existing debts because of those those factors. So, you know, COVID, you know, for that last sort of two, two or so years meant that there was less, less work flowing through um, to organizations like ourselves. Um, however, there was a greater need for you know, internal collections, you know, uh, support where international call centres, which were in Manila or Philippines, didn't quite have as as strong, a, you know, business continuity plans um, as we did in Australia. And uh, they were looking for organisations like Armour and Credit Clear to step in and help with overflow. So there was a very big need for us to pivot in that area and provide different services and solutions to our clients, which met their met their needs at the time. Um, what we're seeing now is 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 a is probably a, a you know a really speedy return to normality where a lot of customers that had more cash than maybe they expected to over COVID are now experiencing that 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 spike in the cost of living. And you know anyone who's been to a petrol pump recently realizes that you know um, you know cost of living is going up significantly as is their their mortgage and, and interest rates. So what we're seeing is a is a is a very quick return to uh, a flow of, you know, debt referrals coming down. Um, the pipeline from, you know, to utilities, you know, banking and finance clients that are um, experiencing, you know, higher default rates in terms of early stage um, accounts receivable. And that's meant a, a large influx in extra work for credit clear and, and, and probably the whole sector as a whole. What? How have things changed for you since taking over Armour Group? So Credit Clear uh, operated in a certain way, and the model did change slightly since you took over and since Credit Clear took over Armour Group. Yeah, look, I think when when Credit Clear was operating independently, as was Armour, you know, Credit Clear had a had a had a clear vision that you know digital collections. Um, was superior than a traditional collections model. And that's quite visionary to think that, you know what, um, everyone wants to pay a bill on their mobile phone as opposed to our new approach, which is we've got a hybrid offering, which is those individuals who want to pay a bill on their mobile phone or, or via WhatsApp or via Apple Pay, um, they might they, it might be 30% in some instances, it might be 100% or 90% in other instances. But what we've got is a, is a two-stage offering, one that provides a digital um, AI-driven um, offering that allows people to pay their bills in, in a way that they want to on the, on the phone, 
or if they want to speak to someone on the phone, we've got a we've got a um, you know a call center to support that offering. So the way that I see it is that you know um, you know it's not A is better than B, but A plus B is always going to be better than A or B. So you know having having those individuals that want to speak to someone, we've got a service that that, that they can rely upon. Having those that would rather not speak to someone because they're on the way home from work and they're sitting on the on on, on, the, on the bus and they just want to you know pay a bill over the over 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 a over a text message or over a um, an application, they can do it that way. So, what that what's that what that's meant for us as a business is that rather you know you know going into a, a new client and having to you know try to convince them that you know what they're doing now in an analog way is is, is outdated and they shouldn't be doing it anymore in a digital way is going to replace that. You know we can go in there and explain to them that you know they can sit a digital led solution. Um, supported by a traditional offering alongside their their current processes and determine you know what's going to work better and and it's less of a leap in terms of um, you know going to their clientele and thinking that you know everyone's going to sound want to pay their bill on on their phone rather than via getting a letter in the mail you know that's a big leap rather than there might be customers who'd, who'd prefer to you know get the bill in the mail line them up each month and pay them you know more manually um, but as we found, you know, COVID pushed a lot of people, you know, digitally and and there's been a huge uptake in terms of the people that would prefer to pay, um, you know, a bill on their phone. And and we know that because we monitor all those engagements through a, a net promoter score and the net promoter score, uh, surprisingly, in an accounts receivable or debt recovery space is, is, is actually extremely high, you know, in the sort of high 40s. Talking about that sort of recovery, you, the un, on the unsecured consumer lending side, how is that going? And, and obviously, that's not just here in Australia either. That's overseas too, internationally. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a you know, unsecured. Certainly, that space is 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 going to be more challenged. You know, you know, we look at people's spending habits, and and you know, over over COVID, there was you know, essential services like you know, your streaming services that that are no longer essential services because people people can go out and 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 uh, have dinners and 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 that, that's where they choose to spend their money. The same goes with in terms of online spending, which which tends to relate to that unsecured uh, financial services sector. And what we've seen in that space and and, and is well publicised, you know, the default rates are are creeping up, and the and the, the bad you know the bad debt is flowing through, and we're seeing a lot of that. So um, I think that 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 sector is in for most probably a, a challenging time because it's no longer a requirement you know necessarily for someone to keep their you know buy now pay later um, you know offering you know or line of credit it's not quite as important to someone today as it was maybe 12 months ago and um, the certainly the credit limits that were offered over that period had increased to a point that maybe it's going to be challenging for them to collect them so what we've certainly seen over that period of time is 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 an increase in that sector and um, a more challenging environment to collect those those accounts. Now you've done uh, a couple of recent capital raisings, um, yeah, Andrew. Um, that they've been successful for you. Um, how's your balance sheet looking at the moment? And um, will there be any more capital raises coming up? Uh, yeah, we certainly completed a capital raise uh, last month, and 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 it was done within 24 hours. So uh, the great thing about that was that it was a lot of it was oversubscribed, and and there was lots of people that saw, you know, Credit Clear as a business that would be well positioned to take advantage of, um, 
you know, the current market conditions as, that, as we look forward to more challenging times that there's probably going to be a greater need for our services. So that was, that was really encouraging. Um, the other thing for us was that it coincided with, you know, our first month of profitability. So, you know, to have a balance sheet with a you know, cash balance of, you know, in excess of $10 million uh, whilst a business is just going from, you know, uh, you know, losing money to, you know, or burning through cash to, 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 to actually cash flow positive is actually a very, very good, um, you know, and, and a great achievement considering what's happened to capital markets over the last sort of, you know, six or so months. Um, you know, if we were a fast growing tech business that was learning, that was losing money and burning through cash, um, that that's no longer something that, you know, people see as an attractive investment. So for us to be in a market that is, you know, counter-cyclical that we will benefit from, um, we're now, you know, at a cash flow positive point. We've got a balance sheet with, you know, $10 million in the bank. That's that's actually, you know, the best position we've been in um, since our inception. So, yeah, it, it, I'd love to say it was all strategic. There was a bit of, um, you know, good strategy, but um, some luck in there as well. But at the same time, we're very well positioned to, to, to move forward in the market and, and take advantage of, of, of the extra work that's coming down. So what will you be doing with those funds? I think, um, the, the, I mean, the message that we went to market with was around being able to expand quickly. Um, as as I explained earlier, you know, if we're taking on new work, it's not just a case of deploying our technology. Um, it's also a case of having an expanded call center to be able, able to take the overflow calls. And you know, a big part of what we'll be looking to deploy that deploy that capital is going to be around expansion and and customer onboarding. Uh, but the other thing that we're going to look to deploy that capital in is in terms of um, technical development. So, you know, Credit Clear uh, was once again um, a recipient of um, the best use of AI in an Aussie tech business uh, last year. And we don't take that lightly and we need to continue to, you know, invest in the technology to ensure that we, you know, keep our competitive advantage. Um, because no doubt there'll be other, you know, collections businesses from around the world or in Australia that are looking to, um, you know, offset some of the advantages that Credit Clear have over them in terms of investing in AI and investing in, you know, machine learning, decision analytics um, to improve that customer collection experience and also, um, you know, margin uplift and, and efficiencies. So talk to us about the AI that you, that you just mentioned um, there and and how that how that works. Yeah, look, um, it's pretty extraordinary how, you know, it learns how a customer interacts when they're looking to, um, you know, pay a bill. And, you know, some examples of that are, you know, if a customer gets a, a message, a credit clear message on behalf of a, you know, financial services organization, you know, and they get it at two o'clock in the afternoon, they open it at four o'clock, um, they click to a payment arrangement page in that, in that, in that particular application. And they and they think about you know what we believe is paying a, a an account via a payment arrangement, and then they abandon that particular um, message and never follow through with it. Um, the system will learn, and the next message that goes through to that person will be um, a a pre-approved um, payment arrangement offering. So therefore, um, and it'll be sent at a time of day that it's likely to be opened as well. So it learns things like when a client would like to open an account and and what they are thinking about when they're going through the application as well. So 
if you would, <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, like to open an email or, or a text message at you know four o'clock in the afternoon because that's when you're typically on the train on the way home from work, and you were thinking about a payment arrangement, you know, and the account was you know a five hundred dollar electricity account. Um, if you got to send a message to say, look, you know, why don't you pay a hundred dollars a fortnight for the next, you know, five fortnights, and uh, that's been pre-approved. So it, it's an intelligent um, system that learns the behaviour of the of the end customer and adjusts its next messages accordingly. So, you know, that's why you know uh, Credit Clear won the the best use of AI in an Aussie tech firm because it actually had meaningful uplift for our clients. So that AI not only did it learn, it delivered better outcomes for our customers. And that's what we're tracking all the time is to say, you know what, is this system or this process or the collection workflow, is that providing a better outcome for our clients and a better customer experience for their customers? And that's where AI has really supported CreditClear in its competitive advantage. So let me just ask you then, you've just described this this really quite complex business um, that is CreditClear and, and was Armour Group and Credit Clear. What are the main sort of um, highlights that we can expect to see over the course of the next six to 12 months? Because things are changing. Things are changing rapidly. Interest rates are going up. You're doing, as you've been talking about, you've been doing lots of research and staying on top of the movement in tech. What can we expect to see over the next six to 12 months from the company? I think the two most important things are going to be continuing with our exponential growth. Um, supported by profitability. So uh, once again, they're, they're two very important factors within this space is to continue to grow and take advantage of market conditions whilst maintaining profitability. So I mean, to date, there's been no profitable quarter that Credit Clear has put together and it's absolutely our firm goal for the next quarter to be profitable while still um, aiming to have extremely good you know, growth potential. So they're two things I'd love to see. Um, there's also some very, very exciting um, new business customers with you know, some pretty um, exciting clients. So I'd be looking out for you know, some announcements in the coming months around not just growth numbers and, or profitability numbers, but some, some key customers that, that we've got very close to, to uh, um, you know, signing with us. Fantastic. Um, really look forward to seeing how the next uh, six to 12 months goes for you, Andrew, and looking, looking forward to having another conversation in the not too distant future. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I've always been one to, 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 to want to talk about what we've achieved rather than make promises and then, and then you know, um, having to, to back them up. You know, it's always good to watch people's actions. Mm, oh, absolutely. And we will be watching closely, Andrew. Thank you again. Uh, now, thanks, of course, also to all of our listeners today. Thanks for joining us here on this episode of Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. We'll catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.